Hey there, listeners, it's time for another Movie Mastery Horror-toberfest. Ooh, it's ween. No, it isn't. Yeah, That's it's not for this show. It's also ween. You can't stop the ween. <laughs> oh, I can stop the can't ween. Can't stop. Can't stop the ween. Just you wait. Most weens will stop here. <laughs> Are you threatening a ween block? I'm threatening no more weens. I'm ween blocking. <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. John's a ween block. <laughs> I'm a ween blocker, and I'm proud of it. He's a war- he's a better ween door than a ween window. Or a ween as it's known. Yes, as it's known. Yeah. Normally, when God closes a ween door... <laughs> a ween door. He opens a ween Uh. So, we are watching horror movies for this month, and I'm watching a whole shitload, and Jeff only has to watch two of them. Maybe three? I mean, no, I think the next one will come out on, like, the 2nd or something of Ah, November, so you are safe. A bullet dodged. Uh, But what we do have is a nice anthology movie, because this week is anthology horror. And it is The Return to Horror Hotel, because this is... The sequel to Horror Hotel. I already am taking objection with your use of the term nice. Well, I mean, it didn't it didn't do anything bad to me. Yeah, I wasted my time. Uh, to be fair, I needed to waste my time because my house was being, like, anti-termited or whatever. Oh, so no. I, was, I couldn't be at home, so I had to be somewhere doing something. It was your house watching this. <laughs> uh, so we watched this. Now, the thing about horror anthologies for me is that they all suck every single one of them almost across the board there are very few that i've watched that i went like oh okay that was good and i'm glad i watched that the first vhs maybe a little a little not a lot no like the first vhs would be like a 3.5 out of 5 which is generally the highest you're gonna get in an anthology Mm -hmm. because outside of certain things where they're doing short films like as an on purpose thing Mm -hmm. like when they did uh hbo did like the masters of horror series yeah and it was just like here's a bunch of horror directors and they get like an hour to make a short movie see an hour is not even really an anthology that's like well that's more like a presentation of yeah okay fine fair enough i mean and at that point like i I, no, it isn't an anthology it's a each one of them gets their own short movie yeah that's a collection of short films an anthology is here's one hour and a half with four little things in it and it's just garbage it's it almost always ends up being here's some stuff that's not a good enough idea to be a movie but someone made it anyway return to horror hotel i'm gonna be i'm gonna tell you right now feels like the pilot for a tv show that that did not get picked up and so they just repackaged it into a movie yeah. It, I'm not I'm not saying it is. It probably isn't, given the the layout of the directors and the timing and so on. Uh but well, that and it's a sequel. Yeah, the fact <laughs> that it's a sequel. Uh but but it felt that way. Because it, it had one location for all the all the, the one theoretical location. Although even then I it didn't feel like it was all happening at the same hotel because mm-hmm. we only see the guy who's in charge of it once in the first one and then we never get anything else to really tell us where we are that's true there's no guarantee that that the uh the first guy we see him several times in the first one the guy is running it yeah but we never see him in any of the other segments yeah it it just sort of went like oh our theming for this is it has to be in and around a hotel 
Like, doesn't even have to be about a hotel. It just has to be in and around. Specifically a motor hotel. Um, well, it has to be a motel. Yeah, it's all it's all Not motels. a hotel yeah. or a Holiday Inn. Yeah. Now, the, uh, the, the logo title for this movie is the words Horror Hotel written in neon because, you know, like a vacancy sign. Yeah. With the two R's in the top word disappearing intermittently. So it looks like it says Ho or Hotel. Yeah, which is a great game show. Mm-hmm. Ho or Hotel. <laughs> well, that's a person. So it's clearly a ho. <laughs> it couldn't be a hotel unless it was a hotel for parasites. They, unless they were a hotel for parasites. Uh, so, yeah, there's four different things in this, and we will get full on into Freaky all of those. It. But, uh, man, this is just garbage. It, Anthologies yeah, not, are garbage. None of these were good. Occasionally you'll get an anthology where you're like, that one story was good in the midst of all this trash. And even then, you're like, but there's no reason I should be watching an entire movie for a 20-minute segment that's okay. Here's the thing about Halloween an- or horror anthology shorts. If they're really, really good, someone makes a movie out of them in a year or two. Generally, like, if someone goes like, oh, yeah, I made this as a proof of concept for something, yeah. then, yeah, usually someone will look at it and go, that's great, let's make a movie out of it, rather than, that's garbage, let's throw it into the pile of anthology films. Which technically, yeah, that means that what you're really doing here is is skipping the middleman that has already been established to, sh- to uh, shuck the wheat from the chaff and just being like, oh, chaff, give me chaff. Ooh, I want a whole hour and a half of chaff. Pack my mouth with sharp chaff. <laughs> sharp daddy. chaff. I'm the sharp chaff daddy. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're going to get back to this nonsense after a little bit of music where we will do a full in-depth review of each and every one of these shorts for Return to Horror Hotel. Now, I would just like to say, right off the bat, this is not the worst anthology that I have seen. No, it's not even the worst anthology that I've seen. And it's not even the worst anthology I've seen this week. Yeah, no. <laughs> it, it, it has a cohesive theme to it. Some of the anthologies out there don't, and they have to use an interstitial. That's Almost always the interstitial is just like, oh, a bunch of creepy shots being panned across in an attic. Yeah, sometimes it's just... The interstitial is, and here's some stuff, and then we go on to the next thing. Sometimes you actually have a framing mechanism where it's like, ooh, I'm in a creepy house and I found these tapes, or mm-hmm. someone is forcing me to watch these tapes, or it's almost always tapes. I miss the classic of there's a dude who's who's telling you about each one of them in turn. Oh, perhaps yeah. he's a crypt keeper. Perhaps he, in fact, is an Elvira, with, and she's like, hey, check out these moderately acceptable things, she's, <laughs> she says. And then, and then you're like, what are you talking about? Those are great, Elvira. And she's like, not those. No, the, the shorts. <laughs> you're not even wearing shorts, Elvira. That's what's so great. Uh, no, this, I would say out of the four, there's... No good ones? There's one that at least is like... Not good. Oh, this is basically <laughs> a horror story you would get out of one of those like horror stories for kids that you find in a scholastic fair i guess yeah i, the, I guess if you're thinking of the third one right now uh eh, maybe mostly th- i was thinking of the second one the third one's got an interesting premise to it but it's horribly executed by like 
It's just gonna, bad acting bad. so much. With dialogue that, that doesn't make any sense. Half the time the characters just need to immediately say a thing to move along, move the story along. It just doesn't make any kind of sense. But yeah. that's, that's a universal in this, is that the only directorial choice that was made at any point in any one of all four of these films was, act harder! Oh, yeah. You can tell someone's like, uh, for this scene, I would like you to be acting. Uh-huh. And yeah. then they would start the scene, and they go, oh, cut, cut. Can you act more? <laughs> I don't think they even cut. <laughs> I think they just held up signs. Act harder. <laughs> just in the background, act harder. 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 There you go. Good. Thirty <laughs> percent more acting. <laughs> we need to amp that acting up by about. Ooh, let's give it fifteen percent more acting. Because every actor in these was trained to specifically enunciate and hit their marks. <laughs> so they all kind of talk like it's a Peanuts cartoon. <laughs> uh, uh, it is. Uh, it's not it, great. It's not great. It, it really isn't. And uh, uh, also, all the music was provided through a Creative Commons license, and it is applied uh, liberally. Yeah, there's also one of these that just has worse audio all of a sudden. Yes, that's true. One of them, all, one of them, the audio quality drops out dramatically. And even the uh, I don't know what you call it, but the lip sync tracking is way off, so the characters look like they're like uh, just doing a bad job of mouthing someone else's dialogue. Yeah, it's very weird. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's not the first one. The first one is called Sleep Tight. Yes. Sleep Tight is probably the most confusing of them because it has too many moving parts for a short film for me to give a fuck about. Yes. Because it starts with, oh, here's a mom, except she's not their mom. She's like their aunt. Mm -hmm. and she's got two kids and she's... Like, just the worst, I guess? Yeah, and the opening shot isn't her. She, it starts on the bodybuilder, uh, but it doesn't matter. The, the mom, we can start that way. The mom is driving through town, uh, some crappy-ass town, with her two kids in the backseat. Not a mom, again, she's an aunt. And she's looking at some biker dudes out the window. Yeah, and they are aggressively hugging. Yeah, they're doing combat hugs. Yeah. The, I know it's supposed to be like, ooh, these two guys are fighting, but it really looks like competitive hugging. It does. It looks like the first one to successfully get full body on the hug wins. Oh, yeah. Because there's like, no takedowns or anything. It's just two guys trying to get their arms around each other as hard as it can. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I have to assume that this is like MMA rules, and if someone, there's people that are better on the ground than they are up top, mm -hmm. and once they get you to the ground, they're going to get into that big spoon, and then it's all over for you. Yeah, but it looks like both of these guys had to register their hugs as lethal weapons with the government. Yeah. Freaking government made them do that. Just two big biker guys hugging as hard as possible. Hugging it out, bro, and with a clear goal. There's going to be a winner in this yeah. hug contest. Someone wins at hugging. Uh-huh. And there's some more bikers behind them hooting and hollering. And the ant character, who is cartoonishly villainous, yeah. uh, is just like, hmm, I'm licking my lips because I'm into fat bikers. Yeah, this town's got the right idea. Yeah. Like, yeah, competitive hugging is the right idea. You're the, correct. You're way into it. You know what? She's right. There's a whole uh, homophobia over the past like century or so has robbed men of the simple joys of touch. Exactly. And these bikers are out there in, in this... Some Midwestern city fighting against that that scourge, that problem that men are like unwilling touch to touch starved. Yeah, they're they're touch starved. They're unwilling to touch each other below or above the shoulder, and it's it's become a real problem. And and, and uh, ultimately, here's some people who have found a way to rebel against it. And she is unfortunately over sexualizing it. 
Yeah. She's like, ooh, yeah. And they're like, it's not about that. It's not about that. These two guys are just enjoying touch. It's not about the sex. Mm-hmm. It's not about some sort of physical arousal. This is about closeness, mm-hmm. community, yeah. and contact. understanding yeah. that you can have contact without those connotations. Yeah. It's effectively a biker cuddle party, and she's the one person who shows up to uh, score at the cuddle party, and no one likes that person. Oh, the worst. Yeah, so... So we already know she's terrible. She's Honestly, this was one of my least favorite ones because it sets up her as a villain so bad. And the problem is her villainousness is that she likes to drink and she likes to get laid. So it's and one, she hates these and kids. And she hates these kids. So effectively, this, one could, this is the sort of thing you'd see on an old uh, Tales of the Crypt, which might as well be called Mean Slut Punished. Yeah, which, I mean, this first one definitely felt like an old tales from the crypt yeah like even just the way it's shot mm-hmm. the way everything is done it feels very tales from the crypt because it's all just morality play nonsense plus it's got jokes in it which is the kind of thing that tales from the crypt episodes would occasionally do yeah it feels very tales from the crypt and i guess it's very it may- moralizing and I, I that's my least favorite thing in horror films is when they're like this is a passion play by way of a scary ghost yeah it's hey we want to make sure that you know not to be a hoe or hotel yeah <laughs> choose one <laughs> don't be a hoe and hotel uh the aunt we get more indications that she's awful in that when she goes to get a room the guy's like, yeah, we got rooms with two beds for $18 a night, which, Jesus, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Even if it is the worst hotel ever, it doesn't matter. The it's, fact that it's under 20 is ridiculous. I know. I'd be fighting off the bed bugs for under 20. But then again, I wouldn't be in whatever random dirt town this is, so it's fine. Uh, you hear that, middle America? Up yours. <laughs> I don't care about your cheap motels. <laughs> you can keep them. Uh, what am I going to see, though? Your big statue of a Diplodocus? I would like that very much. Thank you. I would love to see that. <laughs> I hope there's a gift shop. <laughs> I will definitely buy a magnet. This is turned around dramatically. <laughs> I love you, Middle America. Uh, and then she has to be like, well, do you have anything cheaper? And he's like, well, we got one bed for $12 a night. That'll be fine. Kids like to bunk on the floor. Don't you, kids. Meh. Mean slut punished. <laughs> also, the uh, the dude who is running the hotel, the motel, is comically fat and never not eating some fried chicken. So, in case you were worried about that, and in case you were wondering, of course he is a black guy who is never not eating fried chicken. Yes, uh, and if you're wondering, does the guy who runs the motel have one bit of business and one gross physical trait? Indeed, uh, yes, because the movie, and, and I'm not saying that fat isn't uh, that fat is gross. The movie does. No, I am saying constantly eating fried chicken is gross, though. Mm, that That's true. Just never not eating fried chicken is pretty gross. Like, some fried chicken? Great. Mm-hmm. Never not eating fried chicken? Ooh. Go get Bully Wonka. Talk to him about making you a special gum that tastes like a whole course dinner where every, all the courses are fried chicken. That's, now, that's Once you look down and your fing- fingers have wrinkled because of the grease that mm-hmm. you've been holding on to, mm-hmm. ooh, it's time to put down the chicken. Instead, you need to go to Willy Wonka and get that piece of uh, gum that tastes like chicken, and then it turns you into a piece of fried chicken. Then when you look down at your fingers and they have a, a thick, bready coating... <laughs> Oh, man. Bready coating was my favorite teen heartthrob. <laughs> is it bread e coating or is it just bready? No, it's bready. Bready coating. <laughs> bready coating was my favorite on Tiger Beat. I could see into that. Be being into that. Just getting together and discussing which is the hottest of the breadies. <laughs> 
I love bready coating. I like bready filling. <laughs> I like bready stuffing that has the raisins in it. That's his whole name. Ooh, bready stuffing that has the raisins in it. <laughs> Weirdo. He's got a ponytail. <laughs> Those are always gross. Just ask Pendulette. <laughs> uh, and I thought that the uh, hotel guy was going to be like, Oh, well, I'll just give you a room with two beds for $12 then. Because he's like... Yeah, he argues with her about it. He's like, wouldn't your kids rather be in like a place where they have their own bed? She was like, oh, they're not my kids. They're my brother's kids. And I'm just taking them down to Atlanta so he can take them. I hate them. Uh, And and so she's like, no, they're going to sleep on the fucking floor. And, you know, the, the guy's like, I don't get paid enough to give a fuck about this, so sure, here's your one-bedroom room, or yeah. one-bedroom. Now, given that the place was full of vacancies, you'd think he'd be like, you know, oh, this is a moment of compassion for these two kids. I would have liked to see that just to watch her shoot it down. Oh, yeah. Just no, like, I would no. prefer that they sleep on the floor. It's the same price. No. <laughs> fuck them. Anyway, we uh, it, it, it's somewhere around here, we've definitely cut to this bodybuilder character. Oh, yeah, I just wanted to establish... The mom. Yeah. Or the aunt first. So, so there's a bodybuilder dude, and they... they, I mean, he's a big dude, but he is we not... S- but we spend too much time panning across his supplements and showing him taking them. Yes. Uh, and also listening to the music he's listening to, which is some sort of off-market creative commons Britney Spears. Yeah. And man, it just is filler for this guy, because we are just going to spend minutes and minutes watching him like... Take a pill, put a bottle down, open a different bottle, take a pill from that, put the bottle down. Pick up a clipboard, check off that he took that pill, put the clipboard down, pick up a bottle, take a pill out of that one, take that pill, put it down, get the clipboard, check. Oh yeah, we spend a... <sighs> oh, remember what I said before we started watching the anthology movie, John? When you were like, it's anthology week, so we're going to watch an anthology unless you really don't want to. And I was like, I was like, you know, my least favorite thing about anthologies is that they find a way to pack so much nothing into nine minutes. Yeah. You're like, man, you already were like, oh, you have to get everything in in this short amount of time. And they're like, you know what I need to use in my 30 minute segment? About five minutes of just watching a dude take pills. Great. Yeah. That's the thing with anthology movies. Every anthology movie has a bunch of little shorts that are like, nothing happens during this one. It's seven minutes of watching the same thing happen over and over again while the dread score builds. Yeah. But this guy is just taking pills, and at uh, various points, he will also work out with way too small of a weight uh, and stuff his shorts for some reason. Yeah, he's got to look at his package because taking Steroids. roids makes your junk small, so he has to put... What looks like a modeling clay in there? I think it's just rolled up socks. What it was like? Gray it socks. looked like gray clay. Maybe he just says shitty gross socks. Maybe. Anyway, the first thing we learn here is steroid abusing bodybuilder punished. <laughs> Except he isn't really. Um, but he does this for a long time and just keeps doing it. So just want to let you know that guy's there doing that. Yeah. Taking steroids and working out. Now, the, the last crew in our weird, dumb play here is a drug dealer and his girlfriend probably i or business partner maybe i don't know we don't it doesn't matter no idea but their whole thing is i mean we don't learn at first at first we just see them with their legs in buckets i honestly thought that dude didn't have any feet i thought that that was going to be the reveal that the buckets were removing their limbs but he takes his foot out and it's just 
covered in sores, cuts, and goo. It's dripping black pustulant goo. And he, like, washes all the goo off, Mm -hmm. but his legs are kind of messed up, and we have no idea what that is until way later in yeah. this bit where finally someone comes by to buy drugs from them yes now it, he also has a bunch of sc- uh, scars and sores all over him which i think you're supposed to just indicate that he's generally a druggie as well yeah um but yeah the people who come by are like ooh we want to get those bugs from you yeah so it turns out, I don't know if we, we just want to do this one in out of yeah. order format. It doesn't matter. It turns me. out that this guy has deliberately infected himself and his business partner with bu- bed bugs. Yeah, they've got buckets full of bed bugs, and they are feeding them their blood by just keeping their legs or whatever in them. They sleep sitting down on a couch with their feet stuck in buckets of bed bugs. Um, and it's because bed bugs use a narcotic so you don't feel the bites. And uh, apparently, that narcotic, when smoked, will get you off. He. he, uh, he they keep alternating between getting you off and getting you high. Because, yeah. because again, this this is a morality play with all of the uh, kind of drug lingo knowledge of a dare co- cop trying to awkwardly explain things to fifth graders. See, when it first happened, the first two times he talks to these people, he's like, yeah, if you want these bugs and you want to get off, you got to pay you gotta, to get off. Yeah, you mix like, them with a cigarette, you smoke them, you get off. I'm like, does this, this make you come? Is that... Is is this bug cum? We getting are we getting cums from bugs here? Are we? Am I getting boners from from bugs? <laughs> is these bug boners? Is that what we're doing right now? Hey, don't, don't let the bug boners bite. Yeah, I mean, are we doing forced bug gasms? What are we doing here? What is this? But, but no. it turns out that's just his shitty way of saying this will get you high, specifically very high. High as a kite, he says at one point in a comical high voice. Ugh. Now the. Bodybuilder has been collecting his sweat, which is ew, but he's like sweaty and just using a little scraper thing to like take the sweat and then put it into a little vial. Mm -hmm. And he goes to get his back sweat and notices he's got a bunch of like slices and whatnot in his back and he's bleeding. Yeah, so he's getting blood in his sweat and he's really mad about that. So when when he turns around to try and figure out what's going on, he sees that his entire bed is moving. And he lifts the sheet, and he's like, oh, bed bugs, which is odd that you would assume they are bed bugs, given that they are the size of cockroaches. And they are very clearly cockroaches. Well, actually, in that case, it's a one-frame shot of CGI bugs being moved away from the frame. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, but he's like, oh, bed bugs. No. He calls up the hotel guy, and he's like, hey. I love this conversation. There's bed bugs, and they're... They're fucking up my shit. I can't get my sweat. And people pay good money for my my roid sweat. This is a very clear example of talking too much, the conversation, where he's like, hey, man, it's your fault there's bed bugs. And the landlord's like, or the owner of the hotel's like, that's not my fault. And he goes, listen here, buddy. I sell my sweat. My sweat is very valuable. I put a lot of supplements into my body for the sweat that I sell. If bed bugs are stealing my body blood supplements, I can't sell my sweat to women for an aphrodisiac. And it's like, he should just be like, no, it is your problem. You have to fix it or put me no. in a different room. No, it's, it is 1,000% your problem. That's what you are here for. <laughs> yeah, though you're the, the, t- the, the owner of this establishment. Uh, you do need to fix this. But instead, he has to. Instead, he's like, "Well, maybe if I explain my weird business, maybe if I explain that these things are sucking the roids right out of me, which is going to ruin my sweat aphrodisiac business, the owner of this place will be like, 
oh, well, now I get it. I'll be right over. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm curious. She says that the sweat is bought by women as an aphrodisiac. Do you think the women are supposed to be using the sweat on themselves to make themselves horny, or is it to attract people to the women? I do not know. It's an interesting... And I do not want to speculate. Oh, you don't want to speculate on this one? <laughs> I don't I, even want to think about it. I want it. to extrapolate further, significantly From the theoretical further. database. Oh, well, yeah. If we can establish a theoretical database and establish what, what kind of dinosaur this guy has evolved from, <laughs> that would be fantastic. No, uh, okay, so... So... Because the guy won't do anything, bodybuilder guy takes all of his shit and leaves. And that's the end of him. So he gets to survive this. Yeah, we get to watch seven minutes of him taking pills and checking things, and then he leaves, exuent stage left, pursued by nothing. Now, meanwhile, the aunt has decided, all right, you kids got to sleep on the floor. I'm going to get drunk drinking Mad Dog, and then I'm going to go find someone and fuck them, and I'm going to bring them back here, so you better not be in the bed, because I'm entertaining in the, that bed. Yeah. She goes off and gets dressed in a extremely cheesy-looking short shorts and halter top combo. Uh, she drinks a bunch of Mad Dog in front of them at one point and goes, Yeah, it's Mommy's Heart Medicine. It's fortified. And they're both just like, No... Or aunt, it's auntie's heart medicine and, and they're both like no and she goes shut up you kids I, I can do what I want mean slut punished says the uh, the announcer again uh, now also drunk mean slut punished so she's gonna go out for the night the drug dealers however by the time we get to them the uh, actual guy is essentially going through the process of cooking and crushing them up. Yeah, he's already sold some of these rolled-up drugs to a a group of kids and sent them on their way. And then his business partner, girlfriend, something, wakes up and is like, hey, these are getting super big. It's like they're on steroids. We have to spell this out for the audience. Mm -hmm. So, Drug dealers punished. The weird thing to me is, I understand that they're trying to say, like, oh, yeah, the bedbugs were getting steroids from the bodybuilder, and then they were getting bigger, except their whole thing is, we keep these bedbugs in a bucket and don't let them out. Yeah. So you'd think, no, they they wouldn't be getting anything from that. They've just been drinking your blood. Why are your bedbugs getting bigger? Well, I don't know. Maybe there's some bedbug cross-contamination. Bedbugs normally are too small to see. Yeah. So the, the, to, to try and keep them in a bucket is an act of basically impossibility anyway. But of course, at this point, they are the size of and actually are Madagascar hiss, hissing cockroaches. That is correct. Yes, they are. They, they are using some Madagascar hitting cock, hissing cockroaches, the easiest cockroach to handle, which is why you always see them in everything. Yeah. And at that point, if you're like, oh, a bed bug, which you normally can't see, is now the size of a giant cockroach, maybe be concerned. Yeah. But, you know, instead, she, well, the thing is, the guy's just like, oh, great, our profit margin. Yeah, it'll go way up. And there's a whole bunch of business with the, with them discussing, like, oh, we, we tried to get a turkey or a, a chicken, chicken, and then it killed the chicken, and they say use a cat, which I don't, I don't know how that would feed bed bugs longer than a chicken, but whatever. Well, they are bigger, but they're like, no, because you'd have to shave it so we could get the bed bugs off it. I don't want to shave a cat. Yeah, I don't want to bald pussy and of course being in our hot room would be a hot bald pussy <laughs> god damn well, that, that would song. probably cause us to sweat all over the cat <laughs> uh, okay so it turns out that the bigger bugs have more narcotic abilities and also more slicey abilities yeah so he's like oh great i love it that means we can get a better profit margin on these because when we kill them 
there's just a shitload of powder rather than a little bit. But of course, the 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 business partner slash girlfriend Lorelai, we could just call her that, uh, is like, well, I'm so narcotically hit by these bed bugs that I have to lie down on the bed. And the, and the the guy's like, all right, well, why don't you do that? So she goes and lays on the bed. He gets hurt by bed bugs under her shirt, and when he looks over, she's completely half eaten to death by bed bugs. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the aunt's room, the kids have made a little blanket fort under a table mm-hmm. where they put down like the comforter and then put a sheet over that and apparently that is enough fortification to keep these murderous bed bugs out well the nice thing about the bed bugs being the size of cockroaches is that now you can see them when you shake out this the, they don't just stay on the blanket you just you just shake all these three inch long madagascar cockroaches off it so he kills one at one point, and it basically turns into marshmallow goo. Uh-huh. It just sort of looks like he hit a peep with a flashlight. The the mean ant comes home and is eaten by bed bugs on the bed. Yeah, she's asleep, and they're like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom, or I got to do whatever. And the kids are like, there's monsters in the walls, which yeah. is weird that they would know that already. Yeah. But... Well- and then, you know, this is pretty much the end of the first chunk of the anthology. They, yeah, they they leave mm, because the boys Angelic like, children protected. Yeah, the boys like, oh, the they're afraid of light or whatever, so shine the flashlight on them, we'll open the door, and then we can leave, because apparently it's the middle of the day, yeah, which I like, had no idea. It's definitely, it's, it's a hotel. Maybe they did the thing where they clipped the curtains together so absolutely no light gets in Oh, yeah, in they there. definitely have those blackout curtains going. Yeah. But if yeah. there's one thing your eighteen your twelve dollar hotel room comes with, it is the highest quality blackout curtains. Yeah, but yeah, the the aunt has her face completely chewed away, and the kids survive, and then it just just ends. Just ends. There you go. So basically, uh, steroid bed bugs, uh, drug dealer, and mean mean aunt punished. There you go. Yay. Anthology. They have to get right to the moralizing. They don't have time for other shit now. The next one is called Guillotine, or as the characters will say repeatedly, Guillotine. Yep, it's called Guillotine because no one can say Guillotine in this movie. <sighs> this one is very short, uh, which is probably for the best because it's also aggressively bad, deeply sexist. Yeah, so the whole thing is like two ladies go to a hotel where one of them is trading her. Like, sports car. She won a shitty sports car in a beauty contest. Yeah. And so you've got, like, I'm the pretty friend, and I'm the ugly friend. And uh, yeah. by ugly, I mean movie ugly. By ugly, you mean glasses. Yes. That's what I mean. Yep. Movie ugly, which is, I'm in loose-fitting clothes and glasses. And I'm a brunette. I'm ugly. Yeah. Ugh. But, yeah, they go into this guy's hotel room, and he's like, I've got... Marilyn Monroe's charm, also known as Marie Antoinette's guillotine. Guillotine, sorry. Guillotine chunk. So, yeah, it turned. they've gone to this, and they're basically Marcying and, and uh, Peppermint Pattying all the way up to the door, where the one's like, I definitely want to go to this creepy hotel room to talk to an auto mechanic in the middle of the night. And the other one's like, I don't think that's a good idea, sir. <laughs> Maybe we should stay and watch for the great pumpkin. <laughs> So the the story behind this is apparently uh, Marie Antoinette, when she got beheaded, some of her blood splashed on the guillotine, and this is a chunk from that guillotine mm-hmm. that has some of her blood on it, mm-hmm. and various sexy ladies have used it in the past because just wearing it makes you sexier. 
Yeah, when you put it on, you're automatically made super beautiful. Beautiful enough to win beauty contests. Yeah, and Marilyn Monroe used this to get into the Hollywoods. Mm-hmm. Although, so, when... Notably... <laughs> it is a big, like, I would say one and a half by three inch chunk of wood. Yeah, it's basically the size of a matchbox. That you have to wear around your neck. Yeah, tie, you have to tie it to your neck with an old rope, which... Let's be very clear. I've watched several Marilyn Monroe films and seen a number of pictures of her. I've even stayed in an Airbnb that was nothing but Marilyn Monroe-themed art everywhere. And uh, not not seeing any weird, like, bits of wood just hanging out on her neck somewhere. Yeah, I mean, she did a Playboy shoot. I'm pretty sure there was nowhere to hide this thing. Yeah. But I guess that's whatever. Uh, I, I guess it just does. Maybe, no maybe, one remembers it. If you wear it for long enough, it turns into part of your skin, and you can't see it anymore until you die. Who knows? Based on and the whole thing is like to be like, yes, it's based on the most famously beautiful of all queens, Marie Antoinette. I yeah, like, I mean, I, a little famous for that. I well, guess. I mean, the only reason it has to be based on her is because of the whole beheading thing. Yeah, you, need a, you need a beheaded queen because I mean, if you haven't guessed it by now, that one of these ladies is going to get beheaded. Well, shit, you're well, bad I mean, at this. I mean, the, the the segment is called guillotine, and I'm, I'm I'm adopting the vernacular of the of the locals for this. Yeah. Uh, the, so they're like, oh, well, how do I know it works? We'll put it on your dumpy friend. And- well, how about if we have a lot of Brian Michael Bendis style? No one knows what anyone else is talking about dialogue before that, though. Yeah. Well, how do I know if it works? How do you know if what works? Obviously, the item we're here to inquire about. Oh, you mean the the uh, relic of Marilyn Monroe? Yes, of course I mean the relic of Marilyn Monroe. What about it? How does it work? Yeah. So she's like, I want to know if it works, and I'm not going to let you put it on me first, so put it on my dumpy friend. Dumpy friend turns hot. Yeah, but let's be which clear. Which is to say, she gets... A makeover. Like, some makeup and a hot dress. Yes. And then she, not only does she, she basically just gets a prom night makeover and a, and, and a glitter dress. And then, and then uh, she spends... She becomes entranced by her own appearance and just stares at herself in a mirror. Yeah. And they take it off. She's like, great, I'll give you the car. And then this is, this is the point for our villainous main, our dude that, that's here, this this evil mechanic by the, name of, by the name of Al Sharko. You see, his father, his human father fucked his shark mother. <laughs> uh, we're not going with shark dad. How <laughs> is this for human dad? <laughs> Uh, okay, but yeah, that's that's what's going on here. This and he's he's like, I want something more. Wink. I'm talking about a BJ, and yeah, uh, I want something more than that. And they are, of course, both grossed out at the very concept of this. They're just like, what? A man in a sleazy motel room wanting to make a dumb trade for a car for a chunk of wood it has an ulterior motive about his penis. <laughs> You have a penis scheme? No, sir. <laughs> I will entertain no penis schemes. Uh, but the main hot chick decides, oh, well, let me try it on first. Mm-hmm. And then when she becomes prom night makeover hot, mm-hmm. she can be like, oh, I give you a kiss and then tell you to leave. And then you do it because I'm so hot you're entranced by it. Yeah, it works pretty well. She's like, well, I'll just give you a kiss. How about that, big boy? And he's, he's like, like okay. okay, that's good. Oh, well, that. And then the other one's like, that's not good enough. You need to have him kiss you over a table so that. Well, you, yeah, no touching. No hugs. No this touching. Is, this is just a kiss. Hugs are for men. 
Look, no hugging, as we've established, Mm -hmm. if you hug in this town, it means you're part of the local gangs. Yeah, we're not going to sully the good name of a hug with this sordid sex for a uh, chunk of wood scheme. Instead, we're going to go straight to a kiss, which is, of course, pure intimacy. Uh, So... No, no hugs. Hugs are to express solidarity and compassion. Yeah, to provide and I don't warmth. feel any friendship with you. Mm-hmm. I can kiss you as a business transaction, but a hug is personal. A hug is personal. I keep the hugs for my my family. <laughs> no and, hugging on the lips and the bu- <laughs> <laughs> But he's like, yeah, okay. So they do a stupid kiss over the table thing, and then he leaves. And they're like, well, I think he would have gone all the way. He would have gotten on a bus for you. Yeah, you could have just. Been like, ah, I'll keep the car, and you should take a bus to Birmingham or whatever. Right. As, and you're, they're like, oh, really? You think you would have gotten on a bus? This shifty, gross criminal who stays in a uh, who stays in a motel to do his business transactions, and has a friend named Stumpy Nixon. Now, let me go ahead and say here, this is his hotel room that they then convince him to leave. Mm-hmm. So they're just. Staying in this random creepy dude's hotel room? Yeah, well, now it's time for the two of them to start fighting over the stupid fucking thing. Oh, yeah. So we, all, we do get the history of the item. He's like, yes, my my good asso- business associate, a Mr. Stumpy Nixon. Because yeah. he, he only- found it in an estate sale from the Hughes family. Yeah, whatever. Sure, I'm, I assume that means Howard Hughes, whatever. But, but um, like... We need to know about Stumpy Nixon because he's going to show up again in the fourth episode. So just but just in case you were curious. He doesn't have basically anything to do with this. They just threw him in so that you could have the fourth episode. You can just go, ha-ha, continuity. Ah. Mr. Bimble. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Mr. Bimble lives in my thumb. <laughs> Mr. Bimble's the man who lives in my penis. Ah. <laughs> waga waga. Okay, but anyway. So uh, Dumpy Friend is like, you should let me try that on when you're not using it to win beauty contests. Never. And instead, I'm not even going to let that guy have the car he just left with. I'm going to call and report it as stolen. And then with the insurance money I get from my stolen car, I will purchase myself a non-brand name luxury car. <sighs> which I will keep clean with non-brand name 99 cent store paper towels. Yeah. the <laughs> The whole argument between the two of them of... Oh, you should let me wear the necklace. No, I will never do that. For some reason, I have decided I will be the only one who gets to wear this, and you will never get to hold it. And I... I mean, uh, obviously, the thing is cursed. It's what you're supposed to pick up from this. And then... Because it breaks up their friendship instantly. Yeah. And so she's like, all right, I'll let you wear it again. And then she just starts choking her with the strap of it. Mm -hmm. And... this is this is the... Blonde choking the brunette. With, yeah. Just in case you were curious. Don't be friend is getting choked yeah, out this is, by, oh, the by the way, the, the blonde's name, in case you were curious, because this is the woman who wants to be beautiful and will try, take any price to get there. Uh, her name is Doreen Gray. Yes, just, just that's ca- right. Yeah. Doreen Gray wants to be beautiful forever. Doreen Gray wants to be beautiful forever and also have squirrel powers. <laughs> She's so close. Uh so yeah, she starts choking Dumpy Friend until who's not Dumpy in the slightest. No, I'm just saying that's what the the thing is about. Like if you're into brunettes with glasses, this movie is very confusing. Yeah, but she gets knocked backwards into the mirror, and you hear a crashing, and eventually we look over and oh, she's been beheaded by a giant shard of mirror. A giant mirror has chopped her head clean from her body. And her once friend steals the chunk of wood and escapes into the night. 
and nothing bad happens to her. She gets into a car, and that's the end of the segment. I'm not sure what car that is. Uh, I assume the one that they... Sh- no? They traded it to the guy. He drives away in it. Yeah. But I in the end, the she's fuck. driving away in it, so very confusing. Yeah, I guess... I guess the guy just forgot to take the car with him? Also, when she steals it, she doesn't put it on. She just puts it away and drives away with it because she's still wearing the glasses in the final shot. Yes. Otherwise, the glasses come off when she puts the the thing on because glasses are for ugly people. Well, yeah, obviously. Glasses and loose-fitting clothes mean you are ugly. Uh (sighs) Uh-huh. Very confusing movie if you're specifically into glasses. Third segment. No time for love, Dr. Jones. (laughs) So the third segment is called Low Time for Love, and good lord, did we ever lean on the Temple of Doom. Man, the before every bit, it says Horror Hotel Presents, and then gives you the name. Mm-hmm. Then the opening credits for this scroll through, and then give you a big No Time for Love that it then like rotates through as well. So you're mm-hmm. like, all right, I've gotten the name of this twice. Mm-hmm. And then we also see someone reading a book called No Time for Love. And it zooms in on the book. So this, this segment, which is 11 minutes long, has three title displays. Yeah. Uh, okay. And also someone that says it outright. Yes, yeah, someone also says the, the phrase. Uh, okay, so we open on a young woman who we do not... We, we're tightly focused on her ass. And she is... Uh, she's picking up books in a bookstore. She's bopping around a bookstore picking up books. She's got her headphones in, and we're listening to some more <laughs> royalty-free music. Some more almost Britney Spears, except singing about monsters. And uh, apparently she works there, because eventually, after we get the full credits and her just wandering around a bookstore picking up books for two minutes, mm-hmm. the guy who owns it is like, hey, can you make a delivery on your way home? And she's like, I don't know. I live all the way out by the big chicken. And again, Middle America, listen, if you have a big chicken, I would love to see that. I would love to come to your small town, uh-huh. see your big chicken, and try your local foods. I would love, uh, although I hate all of you, I would love to come to your small town and eat a big piece of pie in your fine diner. Also, hopefully you've got a weird old farmer out there who makes art of dinosaurs out of car parts, because I am very into that. I want to go to some place where a guy will sell me homemade root beer and has a bunch of sculptures and is the nicest person I've ever met. I really hope the root beer is anise forward. <laughs> so it tastes like drinking liquor or soda and not delicious the way root beer should be. Exactly. I can't wait. So, yeah, he's like, oh, it's uh, he's over in this motor lodge hotel and uh, no one's ever seen him. He's a hermit. And last time I delivered this exact same book to him years ago, and he said to just leave it outside the door and... uh, Gave me a real good tip, which, by the way, doesn't make any sense when we figure out the premise of this story. Yeah, I'm like, he gave you a real good tip, but he said to just leave it outside the door and you never saw him, so how did he give you the tip in the first place, or pay for the book for that matter? Uh, Presumably he slid money through some kind of slot to the outside world. I guess. But, as we're going to find out, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, So, she's like, well, I don't know. I bet I can get him to show me what he looks like. Oh, well, if you can, then you come back and tell me, and I'll give you double the delivery fee Plus, you can keep any tips he gives you. I'm already going to keep any tips he gives me. That's what delivery people do. Also, that just means you're going to pay me an extra, what, $3 for the delivery fee? Who gives a shit? Also, you've never seen this guy, right? So- I could just come back and say, oh, yeah, he looks, uh, he's 5'8", uh, and he's got uh, salt and pepper hair. 
Yeah, it turns out he's a venomous leprechaun with spikes for knees. You don't know. Yeah, you can't, you can't say it. He's a, he's he's a an, robot. He's an animate cow, as opposed to most inanimate cows. Yeah, he is not one of the inanimate cows that are painted different colors and, of course, circle the big chicken. <laughs> which, use, which are used as charming mailboxes all along the streets of your wonderful towns middle america i love you and i hate you though i hate middle I, america mm, but i love being anywhere in you i love your quaint small town feel i just wish there weren't any people in them <laughs> i wish it was a ghost town mm-hmm. and then i could just wander by and get the best slice of apple pie i've ever had i don't know what this bit's turned into it's confusing to me now i don't know it's but okay. i love it it's fine. i love i love it. the bit and the other thing i love is the charms of small town america <laughs> So Johnny Ray is the name of this girl, mm-hmm. and she's... Walter Winchell, Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> she's decided that the best way to get this guy to let her in is to pretend to be injured and on crutches mm-hmm. and fall down. So she asks if she can borrow some old crutches that are in the lost and found. And she goes over to the hotel and is like... Knocking on the door. Hey, hey I'm don't, here. Don't, don't you dare skip the fact that she walks all the way over there in crutches, uh, using the crutches, and then also she meets a random dude who smiles at her, and she goes, ew. Dude has nothing to do with this. Uh-huh. Doesn't matter Don't in the skip it. We, can't, we need every part of this nothing. <laughs> we use every part of the nothing. Uh-huh. Uh, so she knocks on the door and falls down, but she accidentally, for reals, falls down and like, slams her head into the brickwork and gets a big gash she gashes her noggin open and he brings her inside and oh he's a he's a handsome fella he's a, he's a good looking man and he he's in the navy uh, a submariner yeah so, and he so. definitely wants sue storm as a bride <laughs> and he hates the the land dwellers he's the na- he's in the navy he has sailed the seven seas indeed mm-hmm uh, so this guy's wearing a denim shirt that just says he's a Navy submarine corps guy. Yep. And he's very young. And he's like, what happened? You fell and you took a nasty tumble. Let me get my old-fashioned first aid kit from my old-fashioned footlocker. And uh, he like starts fixing her up, and they get, I guess, into each other yeah. very quickly. Very quickly, because they're kissing right away. And, she's and then like, he's like, ooh, how's your leg doing? And she's like, oh, it's fine. This was just a ploy to get you in here because no one's seen you. Yeah, the trick, the, the, the fact that she reveals the trick immediately is kind of amusing to me. She's just like, oh, that was a lie. What I did was I lied to you in order to see you because everyone thinks you're a weird hermit. Don't get mad at me or I'll call you a coward about it. God, this whole thing is so weird with the dialogue. Yes. Because and it doesn't help that everyone once again is acting as hard as they can. Yeah. We get a bunch of stuff about what it's like to be on a submarine in that... You know, you go down there and you don't get any communications and uh, the only thing you'll ever hear is if like a nuke goes off or the world ends or whatever. Other than that, the only people who receive anything are the captain and the XO. So you go down and then months later you'll come up and then have to find out what's going on. And he has an 18 hour clock on the wall, a specific 18 instead of 24 hour because a submariner works on an 18 hour timer. Yeah. Six hours of work, six hours of downtime, six hours of rack. Man, that doesn't seem enough. 
I would assume most people cut two hours into their downtime to get more sleep. To get a little more R&R? Yeah, but that's the official assignment. That's the rotation. And she's like, what about, what do you do during the other six hours of the day? Well, ma'am, the Navy has determined that we don't need them. Yeah, but that doesn't mean they don't exist. I mean, assumedly, you just, since you don't see the sun ever when no, you're- No, it doesn't matter. It's like yeah. being on a starship. Who gives a fuck? You just go. Yeah, you cycle through it an 18-hour day that you built for yourself. When you come up, you've- uh, lost several days, I guess. Yeah, term- you'll yeah. be like, oh, I guess it wasn't as long as I thought it was because I've been counting days as 18 hours. Also, can we get through his haunted name because everyone in this movie apparently uh, needs a haunted bad guy name? Why, he is David Jonas, but his friends call him Davy. Davy Jonas. Yeah, he's from Davy. And also, let me get you my medicine out of my locker. Yeah, Davy, Davy J- Jonas's locker. Yeah, though, in case you were curious what, what this stupid name was, these are horrible. Ugh. Well, so we, as he is telling her this story, we get a little bit of business where like, oh, the nightstand that's next to the couch that they're on gets like all cracked when she looks at it. Mm-hmm. She walks by some bread that's sitting on the table, some sliced bread that's yeah, sitting she, out. She, takes she just a, grabs a chunk off one of his pieces of bread and just eats it. Yeah, he's got three slices of white bread sitting on a pristine plate, and she just takes a corner bit, eats it. Walks away. When she looks back, it's molded. And she's like, oh, no, I ate moldy bread. And the walls are getting darker and so on. And the clock is spinning rapidly. And it turns out that, well, this guy, why, this guy's living on borrowed time. It turns out that every submarine in the fleet has two crews. One of them that's in the water. One of them that's on land. And he wasn't in the water when his ship went down. And he only found out when he went to port to get in board. And he just, he, he his fiance uh, he was in the left water. him or yeah. died his fiance died when he was underwater he was underwater he found out that she had died 63 days after after she did and so he was like i don't want to know anything about the outside world so when his ship went down he just went to this hotel and shut himself in and for him time has basically stood still because he knows nothing about the outside world and he just lives in this 18-hour cycle so if you're wondering why his his medicine kit has a bunch of old-fashioned bandages and penicillin powder and shit in it it's because this is a man from the 40s so how he paid for that book in 1940s dollars i'll never understand whatever i mean those don't look right right like when you see them they don't look exactly the same yeah you're like this is weird what happened with this weird dollar but uh yeah he begins aging and their conversation is the <laughs> dumbest thing i've ever heard where yeah. it's like you need to make time for love you coward you're a coward because you're staying in here because you're afraid to fall in love and be loved what you need is the gentle touch of another man <laughs> you need to go out there and hug you need to hug a man as hard as possible yeah it's terrible tonic hug love it is terrible what the patriarchy has done to you you deserve touch and he's like, no, I don't. That's gay. And she's like, no, it's not. It's, you can't say that. That's a, that's a poisonous, a- toxic attitude to take. And I understand like, that you're from the 40s and all, mm-hmm. but uh, this is new times. you got to get with the new times. Mm-hmm. And in getting with the new times, he gets old. <laughs> he's, well, he gets old by Jay Lenoing out real hard. Well, yeah, his first old guy <laughs> form is just Jay Leno. He just turns into Jay Leno. They put an artificial chin on him and give him gray, slicked back hair. Yeah, he comes, it's not good. He goes out, comes in like, ah, I'm 40s man. I am a young man from the 40s, and he comes out like, ah, I like rich, I like rich people, cause yeah, I, I, I'm a, I'm, I'm not an interesting public figure anymore. Uh, so 
they go back and forth about like not having time enough for love. This whole dialogue just sounds like it was ripped from a fucking Squeenix game. No, yeah, it makes no sense. Johnny Ray's dialogue trees are nonsensical. She's just like, well, she- at first I thought she didn't realize what was happening, but she's like, you're a coward. And time is also moving forward in this room rapidly, and I have no reaction to that. Yeah, she has no reaction except to try and convince him of things. It's impossible to tell what the hell she wants. Yeah. Because there's also a point where, where when he's like, wait, you lied to get in here? This was all just a lie? You're just a liar? You're just trying to get a better tip? And it's like, yeah. what? It's not like she knew what you looked like or who, who you were or anything. She was a delivery person trying to get a tip. Of course she was trying to get a good tip. What sparkle motion are you doubting her commitment to here exactly? Ugh. You mean you didn't come in here to fall in love with a random serviceman you've never seen or heard of? Even though you did, and now we're arguing about whether you need to find love and love is worth finding in time and time enough for love. And if you go outside, then you will be outside and love can happen. But time? I'm like, what the... What goddamn Final Fantasy game was this dialogue ripped from? The thing you need to understand is that the power of time is in hearts. The time heart will shower down upon us its love beams. These love beams allow us to fight the no heart. When we collect connections by changing the heartless into hearted, we gain the hearts we need to expand the heart range of the of the light beam. Okay, <laughs> thanks, Mickey. Thank, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Oh, oh boy, I love being able to tell people about the Kingdom Heart. (laughs) Which is apparently a giant planet-sized heart. Like, the Kingdom Heart is actually a physical thing in those games. I did not know until the third one. Uh, Anyway, he dies of old age, and that's it. Yeah, he dies of old age after telling her, There's no time for love, was the title of this segment. (laughs) (laughs) What's your favorite line from Temple of Doom? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Moron, <laughs> you failed Shiva. Just kidding, mine is chilled monkey brains. <laughs> uh, one last. Uh, I could have been your greatest adventure. <laughs> <sighs> There's one last thing, and I I think the final segment is probably the worst, in my opinion. Uh, it yeah, is Houdini's yeah. hand. Houdini's hand, which opens up with a title like that. You're, you, and the two dudes get out of a car in this shitty mo- this, at the shitty motel, and you're like, "Oh no, it's the distaff version of the of the guillotine one, isn't it?" Yeah, it's going to be a different <laughs> relic that gets them killed. Yep. Great, but <laughs> they don't even get to have the hand. Like it's some <sighs> fat Wahlberg looking guy. Yeah, he looks like Marty Fatberg, and fucking uh, his bodyguard friend, and. They get into a room, and he's like, ooh, I pinched this thing from <laughs> Stumpy. Stumpy Nixon. Stumpy Nixon. We need that mention again. Here's the thing. You have to be my bodyguard for tonight. And he's like, I feel like I'm not getting paid enough to be your bodyguard. You're a very dangerous person to be around, random fat guy. And he's like, I already did all the crimes and stuff. I all- broke into a place. I stole a thing. I contacted a person to mm-hmm. sell it to. Now you just need to stay here while I contribute, while I do the transaction. So it looks like I've got some muscle, and then I'll give you a hundred smackaroonies. Ugh. And and also a kiss over this table. <laughs> oh, I don't want that. I thought we were just going to hug. Ew. <laughs> don't make our hugs tawdry. Ugh. And he pulls out a little box that has been liberally bedazzled. <laughs> Quite. 
which literally just says the word Houdini on it in huge letters. Yeah, it's just a rhinestoned box with rhinestone letters that say Houdini on it in the middle. And he's <laughs> and like, this the is Houdini's hand. Someone went to Houdini's dead body and cut his hand off and put it in here. Mm-hmm. And Stumpy Nixon had it. It has crazy magic powers. You can use it like Stumpy does to open doors and safes and things. And you're like... Okay, I get uh, it. I, I, want I to, get that it's a magic item that like lets you open locks because it's a Houdini thing. I want sure. you to know that this is a 15-minute long short film, and everything we've just said took about seven minutes. Yes. Half uh, of this runtime was everything we just said. Yeah, it was a lot of this like, so wait, what's it do? Well, it's a hand. Well, what's the hand do? Well, Houdini's hand has magic powers. What powers? The powers of voodoo. Voodoo, you do. That kind of just goes on for forever. Neither of the characters can ever remember what the other one is talking about, so you have to have all these little like reminders. Tech. It's just it. it this is it, it. Reads like someone who had heard of David Mamet and then tried, but was based on like trying to char it on a wall with a sharp stick. Uh, the box apparently has one of those things like oh, it's a puzzle box that you need to. I guess click the right things into place to open it. He's always like anyway. I know I said earlier in the previous long bit of dialogue that, but none of the dialogue in this matters. So I know I said earlier that I already lined up a buyer, but let me go call around for buyers. Yeah, I'm going to go call Al Sharko, a callback to a previous segment. Yeah, you know Al Sharko, his human father fucked his shark mother. <laughs> and uh, while I'm doing that, you can try and get this box open. Mm-hmm. And the guy, like, flips a couple things, but then is a- <laughs> looks disturbed, grabs his own ass and runs into the bathroom. Yep, it turns out it unlocked his bowels. Yeah, his ass got unlocked and he is just pooping as hard as possible. Mm -hmm. So while he's in the bathroom, our fat Wahlberg is like... Rufus is his name. Hey, Sharko, I got a thing you might be interested in. I got it. It's Houdini's hand. I got it from Stumpy Nixon. You stole that shit from Stumpy Nixon? You dumb idiot. I'm here with my old Whistler's mother-looking mom, who was played by the young, beautiful woman from the, from the previous ep- from the from episode two for some reason, that just put no old age makeup on her and instead dressed her up in a moo-moo in an old lady hat. Yeah, they put a gray wig on her. Great. And made her purse her lips out. So that's happening, in case you were curious. And you shouldn't steal things from Stumpy Nixon. He's got magic superpowers, and he will definitely kill you. Yeah, the best thing you could do right now is call Stumpy Nixon and say you're going to return it, and maybe he won't fucking murder you. And he's just like, yeah, but do you want to buy it? And he's just being a complete idiot is... No, I don't want... I do not wish to buy that. And so, you know, Sharko's mom takes... The phone and hangs he, it up. Sh- Sharko's shark mother takes the phone and hangs up. Uh, see, this is why I'm saying it was it was dad shark, because we see his mom and it's not a shark. Yeah, I know, but I'm staying true to the canon of C-Lab 2021. <laughs> well, I'm staying true to, I guess, Exalted, that has shark dad. <laughs> yeah, the... I don't know which one of those references, based on our audience, I genuinely do not know which one of those references has more cachet. <laughs> it's a very hard line. Uh, Guys, early adult swim or minor current eclipse? exalted. Well, kind of current. I mean, that the Shark Dad storyline is from Oh, like, yeah, that's second ed. Yeah, it's second ed. It's, it's just the, the, the comic book that accompanies the Eclipse cast. Like, anyone gives a fuck. Uh, anyway, so... The phone gets hung up, and then they're like, oh, the box is open. Did you figure it out? No, the hand must have opened it. Why, this is just full of rock salt. And 
they dump all the rock salt out and there's no hand in there. They will then proceed to not be able to leave They'll because do a bunch the of- hand has apparently not only got the power to unlock things, but lock things and also make boards appear. Yes, because it boards up the windows that were not previously boarded up. And the two of them are like, this window's got a board on it. There's nothing we can do. And I'm like, man, anyone who has ever interacted with a board knows that you can kick a hole in it. What are you guys talking about? Yeah, they're like, oh, we need your tools. Where's your crowbar? And I'm like, dude, you have like a hammer. Just fucking hit a hole hammer in, in the it's, morning. It's just a board. <laughs> just get a lighter and light the board on fire. What are we doing here? Uh, also, the board says something. But we never know. And what. I could never figure out what it was. It's definitely got a B at the beginning of it, though. Uh, yeah, and it ends with, like, I-D-E or something. I know, like, it says bedside or something, but it, it just wasn't interesting. Yeah. But uh, So, yeah, they try and get out. It doesn't really work. Fucking Stumpy Nixon calls and is like, hey, I want my hand back with interest, and that interest is your hand. Oh, no. Dumb criminal punished. And then <laughs> he calls back again and is like, hey, bodyguard, I want my interest. Maybe it's your hand I'll take. But I'll take anyone's hand as long as it's a hand. But for the most part, they just try to escape. And ty- and, and Stumpy Nixon keeps calling them uh, and laughing. Uh, and they ask him how he got the number. And he's like, boy, you don't you don't you act like you know I don't got powers. <laughs> I'm supernatural as shit. Yeah. I'm a one-armed safe cracker who's got superpowers. And uh, eventually, they're like, oh, no, we've, we've freaked out enough. And he... Yeah, they go through a bunch Wahlberg's hand off. Who yeah, gives a shit? Who dies? And uh, Stumpy comes in and is like, "Ha boy, I'm gonna take my hand back." And he does. Oh, by the way, there is a single shot in the entire thing of a visible Houdini hand in a, in a uh, decaying suit sleeve. One shot of it. It's pop- got fucking mummy wrappings on it. Let's be clear here. Yeah, it pops up out of the box like fucking it from the TV show. Yeah, it it pops out or like thing. Thing. Excuse, thing, excuse me. And uh, you don't see it. At all, like skittering around, because God knows they don't have the budget for that. No, instead but they it's have a bunch enough of... for a guy's hand to pop up out of a box and go. It doesn't flip him off or anything cool either. And the whole the whole rest of it is just shtick. As the two of them kind of go, I, I, I hope you're not thinking what I think you're thinking. Of course, I'm not thinking what you think I'm thinking. I'm thinking what you're not thinking that I'm thinking you're not. Okay, great, thanks, guys. And also them just kind of flailing around and being like, the hand, it's over there. Yeah, they keep pointing to things and being like, the hand's there, and we don't get to see it. No. Anyway, Stumpy gets his box back and then doesn't want the hand. Of course not. He would just use psychological torture to get one of them to kill the other one. So when he's like, hey, did you want the other hand? He's like, no, stupid. By the way, they also Anyway, have- you should quit hanging out with people like this idiot because that- He's a bad crowd, and you should find better people to hang out with. Anyway, this is the moral for the story. Stumpy Nixon, don't steal from me. I've got superpowers. And he does come out and leave with a great Stumpy Nixon line. I'm Stumpy Nixon. Tell somebody. <laughs> which is a, which you better is, tell somebody. That's a, that's a great line. Good job, Stumpy. By the way, they couldn't afford to actually have a one-armed actor in the film, so instead he, he, just, le- he, just, he just stands is, in profile. He's just in profile with one side. He just stands like he's fencing the entire time. Uh, I also love that he emphasizes somebody in his line, so it's like, you better tell somebody. <laughs> I'm like, it's not even that you have to tell somebody. It's just, please tell someone. Anyone about uh, Stumpy Nixon? They somebody? Also, they also couldn't afford the special effects of Fat Wahlberg having his hand cut off, so instead he's sitting on his cut-off hand. Yeah, he's lying against the wall with his 
one arm basically behind his back, uh-huh. so you can't see. Uh-huh. Great. Then Tyrone lies on the bed and laughs, and that's the end of that. There's no there's no further comeuppance. He just gets tricked by a super-powered safe cracker to cut off his friend, to kill his employer and cut off his hand. Great. Because uh, of the it. hand of Harry Houdini. And, yeah. Ugh. I hated that, because... I was hoping that the actual hand would have some stuff and they would like get their comeuppance by trying to use it and getting like a monkey's paw, like genie wish situation. And I guess maybe we we kind of want to talk about how even though he kind of looks like a fat Wahlberg, the Rufus character is a, is a very light skinned black guy. So what we have here is two black characters in a hotel room named Rufus and Tyrone who are so stupid that they try to cut each other's hands off that lasts all the way up until a one-armed safecracker who is very much in a pimp suit shows up and laughs at them. This is awful. It's just real bad. It's very bad top to bottom. But uh, At least Stumpy's not a traditionally racist name. Ugh. <laughs> uh. There or used go. by racists. I probably better way to say it. There is uh there's Return to Horror Hotel for you. Uh I guess at this point we can do our bests and worsts. I'm not gonna have you give me your best for each segment. You can just go ahead and give me the best overall thing from this movie. Uh the best thing overall for this movie is the part where the bodybuilder when talking to the landlord says, like, Do you know how much money I spend every day on supplements? And the body the uh to, to, to bulk up how much i spend on bulking up every day and the landlord guy kind of just or hotel guy just kind of goes seems like it'd be cheaper cheaper if you just bought chicken great and that was a joke then i was like huh yeah, that definitely was a joke they got jokes and that was the only joke in the whole thing so it was kind of i don't know i, I it's the thing i'm gonna pick i i, great. I what, what else is there honest, great. honestly great what's your favorite thing uh i want to say that my favorite thing is Ooh, I'm going to say hug fighting. Hug fighting is the best thing in this movie. You know what? You're absolutely right. Although, to be very clear, that's our interpretation of what's actually happening, which is that they couldn't afford fight coordinators and stuff, so these two guys can't be socking each other. So instead, they have to be combat hugging. But ultimately, the two of us have correctly interpreted the way it should be, which is that these two people have broken through the boundaries that that stop men from experiencing the joy of simple physical human contact with each other. Yeah, the ability to go to a friend and give them a platonic hug Mm -hmm. and to love them Mm -hmm. as a friend and be able to say that without being punished by society yeah i mean how often have you uh, the, the uh, i'm addressing at the moment the uh you the, 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 the primarily the cis men audience that were the, the, in our crowd how often have you envied your your wife or girlfriend's ability to like give their mother a massage just that simple act of closeness that how you can't you imagine going to your father who is having a hard time that day and getting in bed with him and rubbing his back think about this if you were to go to your father and be like it looks like you're having a bad day. Do you want a hug? We can sit on the couch together and I'll put my hand around you and then you can tell me your problems and you can be vulnerable and cry. Mm-hmm. That would never fly in this horrible society that we have. But these bikers, they've gotten past it and it can only happen in middle America. <laughs> So once again, let, let's be very clear here. This the is, bits for this, this episode a, were... <laughs> this is a bit we've been doing the entire time, but yes, it is kind of sad how patriarchy has robbed men of hugging. That's an actual thing that, I, that kind of sucks. Uh, right? So worst but, thing but in the this biker movie. hug was great. Worst thing in the movie for you. 
Pick just one. <laughs> oh, uh, mean slut punished. Is <laughs> pretty much it. The, the performance of the ant at the beginning was just cartoonish and dumb, and it was so broad. That first, that first. Oh yeah, thing she was, was such a broad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You got you fucking kids. Better not be on this bed when I get back, because I'm going to be getting laid by a biker on this bed when I get back. And he's like, okay, I, I, I kind of get it, but no one is this. This is. Pointless. How did you get? custody of these children to begin with yeah who gave like why would your brother ever be like oh that seems like a good idea yeah she basically is playing like a meaner lower rent peg bundy it's just bad it's 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 not great she's the worst part of the movie uh beyond the you know what i'm i'm not even gonna say i'm gonna say the the curse in the second one that causes the two women to immediately start fighting with each other over. Oh, well, I don't to think be that's a curse. I think that's just women, Jeff. Are we saying that for as sad as it is that men can't touch, we also have to be be very, very sad that women can't just be be uh, celebrate each other's beauty without having to tear exactly. each other down? Because that because whole the, segment is about yeah, how the patriarchy has has created a situation in which uh, women are feel compelled to compete and tear each other down. Oh yeah, you have to. I mean, even just the baseline premise of it of beauty competitions Mm -hmm. that making being part of a society standard of beauty is a competition that we force women to compete against each other for our own. And John, what's to be said of the fact that the man expects prostitution in exchange for the the transaction and receives it and (laughs) and escapes the movie scot-free? Yes, there's a lot. There, there's so much to be said. Honestly, I'm coming around. This movie is genius. <laughs> I'm coming around to say, actually, <laughs> thank you for attending my TED talk. <laughs> no. In summation, uh, I think the worst thing about this movie for me is the fact that Al Sharko and Stumpy Nixon actually continue on to a different thing because I mostly liked the idea that this was just random hotel business and nothing was related to anything else. Mm-hmm. It's just. Four scary stories set in hotels. Yeah, but instead they were like, no, nah, we're going to have continuity between two of them. And I'm like, really? That's what we're doing? Yeah. Oh, fine. Yes, indeed. Yes, and. I never get a good movie. It is always bad. Although, was this better than yesterday or no? Uh, eh, I think I probably preferred yesterday's just because it was shorter. <laughs> well, there you have it. This was... This was trash stuffed into different trash, and I guess we're going to give a rating to the Gestalt. Yeah, so zero out of five for the whole movie as a unit, Jeff. Point five. Okay. The anthology format robs this of the standard for which I consider to be a movie, which would get it the at least one. I'm going to give it the point five, the uh, the gentleman's F, as it were. John? All right, I'll give it a one. I mean, at least... At least it's got some things to say about the patriarchy and the society we live in. No, we no, do. Jeff, we just, we've just managed to filter it through a shitty film. Jeff, did you know we live in a society? <laughs> and yet you are also participating in a society. I am very intelligent. Uh, bottom text. So, there you go. A 1.5 out of 10 for Return to Horror Hotel. It's bad. Don't watch it. But give men... Men, give each other more hugs. Men... I want you to talk frankly and earnestly with the other men in your life and find out how they feel. Mm -hmm. Because you shouldn't feel ashamed or afraid to touch. Yeah, or to ask for touch. Indeed. It's a simple human need, and it's, it's 
criminal that we've been robbed of of that chance for intimacy. We have to live our whole lives without it. And ladies, celebrate yourself and other women without having to compare yourselves or Tear each live other up down. to a, an ideal that is unattainable and frankly not useful. And uh, shall we say uh, people named Rufus and Tyrone. Don't aggravate Stumpy Nixon. Dude, just don't. Stumpy Nixon has superpowers. Yeah. What are you doing messing with Stumpy Nixon? He'll get you. <laughs> Stumpy Nixon gonna get you. There you go. Tell somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, there's no in theaters for this month because whatever, screw it, I don't care. And uh, I do whatever I want for this show. <laughs> it's under my purview and I shall be as capricious as I want. Uh, during Halloween, John gets a real sense of power. Yeah, I get, I get real up my own ass during October. Yeah, I don't know if you knew this, but John is both the Crypt Keeper and the Pumpkin King. <laughs> both? At both. the same time? I got a lot of business to do. Mm-hmm. But only one month a year. Yeah. The rest of the time, you're busy trying to take over the other holidays for some reason. Uh, yeah, I know. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, but I will have a poll up for November. Mm-hmm. We will get back to our normal, regularly scheduled program. <laughs> Oh, my poll is up for November. Every time. Look, if you don't want my poll to be up, (laughs) we got to have a different way of people to get in touch with me. If people want to get in touch with me, my poll's got to be up. (laughs) Otherwise, they can't reach out to you and simply embrace you for human contact. No. Oh, no, it's got to be something about your poll. No, I have to do this strictly as a business transaction through my poll, Mm -hmm. which is up. (laughs) Good to know. Thank you, <laughs> all of our wonderful listeners. We'll be back in another couple of weeks. And until then, you have a good one. <laughs>